Welcome to the Outer Realm with Michelle DeRoche and Amelia Passano. Airing live on the United Public Radio Network, 105.3 FM in New Orleans. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Wednesday night segment of The Outer Realm. We are broadcasting live on the United Public Radio Network and UFO Paranormal Radio Network 105.3 and 107.7 FM from the beautiful city of New Orleans. We are fully sponsored by the amazing people over at Folgers Coffee, who really have been a part of our journey since the very beginning. So thank you, Folgers. We appreciate you all so very much. Also, big thank you to Dr. Snick, uh, a.k.a. the sonic surgeon, Justin Snicker, for his contribution of his time and his music and his voice for the intro and the outro. He is an award-winning composer of Halloween horror, sci-fi, and dark wave electronic music, so check him out anywhere that good music can be found. Also, Steve McGinnis, who is responsible for the artwork uh, behind the Outer Realm. So when you see that this beautiful, I guess so many compliments on that Raven, that is all Mr. Steve McGinnis. Find him on Instagram and Facebook. He does commission pieces and has great lineup of horror uh, artwork ready to go. So tonight, um, tonight's really exciting for me because, um, you know, it's my compadre, my paranormal survivor compadres. Uh, I've had the, the luxury of working with some phenomenal people um, with Our House Media. And Linda Quirino is one of those people. And we have basically, you know, you work with people, you become friends. I love it. And uh, we've had her on the show before, real early days. So she was like one of our pioneers uh, as a guest. And she's basically the first guest of 2023. Yes, that's right first guest and um unfortunately minus bubbles you know amelia is not here so before i forget i want to make sure that we send her lots of love and lots of uh, prayers and well wishes because her daughter is going in for a kidney transplant tomorrow and her husband is the donor so she's got her husband and her daughter having surgery so lots of love bubbles we miss you bunches so without further ado bam linda hello Hello, how are you? I'm good. No complaining. Nobody really listens anyway. <laughs> so, no, seriously, it's all good. It's all good. Hey, Wes, Tamara, Dave, happy new to you as well. So how's everyone doing? Some <laughs> prayers, Bubbles. Yes, Bubbles, if you're listening. She has a real early morning, so I don't know if she'll be able to catch anything. But I know she would have loved to have been this or been here for this. So, you know, she loves you. So Aww. then I would have been having to put up the whole BFF crap all damn night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's true. It's like a mutual admiration society. <laughs> I know it's great though. It's Sorry. great. <laughs> so happy new year. Oh, hey Anne. How's it going? <laughs> so um that's my cousin. Yeah, put her up there. Here we go. There we go. Everybody say hello. <laughs> but um, how are you? How are you? How was your New Year's? How was your holidays? You know what? It was it was okay. I think like everybody else, I was sort of expecting a different holiday 
But of course, with oh. all of Look at all the hearts there. Oh my goodness. All these uh, Wes, I know you big no. freaking schmoozer. No. <laughs> we love you though. <laughs> but no, I was yeah. expecting a different holiday. Like I expected my sister to be here. I expected so much more to happen, but you know, everything got lost, like all the luggage around the world, apparently. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It, it was a really, yeah, it was a tough one with, with this, you know, super blizzard that, that, uh, went on and um i did not have my family here either and um i was like okay that's okay so i ended up just you know we, we hung out with the chihuahuas <laughs> we still had a good meal because we had the food so it's like sorry people you know we got the food we got the dogs and there's something about being snowed in when you live in a haunted manor house <laughs> you know it just like insulates even more you know and so you just sit here quietly you really hear things <laughs> this is like great yeah. so it was good good well it is nice to get snowed in every once in a while it's true i mean it was really quiet at home which was lovely um so you know sometimes it is really good to do that during the mm -hmm. holidays because it can be really overwhelming. So when yes. you get a gift like this and I'm looking at it that way, right. um, it's, it's a really nice experience, you know, to kind of snuggle and keep, you know, keep your pajamas yes. on all day and stay in your gym jams. That's awesome. Hey, Brian, <laughs> I know just stay in your gym jams. That's the best ever, you know, snuggle exactly. with the chihuahuas, watch some, you know, not Christmas movies because I don't do those very well, but <laughs> you know, but I actually worked um, through a good part of the holidays. I was even doing meetings on Christmas Day. <clears throat> I know I will workaholic, I am, I admit it, but you know, the network, like I said, is opening up um, all of its daytime slots to all new talent and, and you know, shows from around the world. And you know, so it's like, well. Yeah, I'm only one person, so I take advantage of every little bit of time I have, <laughs> and that was it. So, um, all right, we're getting started. Steve, good evening. Hey, you know what? I got Jack Hennifer's birthday. Okay, what? A haunting Oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay. Joke. <laughs> Two uses he could wear to actually investigate it. Joke. We used to joke around about this a few years ago. Yes, yes. Oh, yes. Jack those definitely likes to horse around with the wig. What people don't know is, here's a little fun fact for those who may be just tuning in. The Outer Realm started in 2018 oh with Jack, Canna, and myself. That's right. We did. And it started out as a Q&A because we had a producer saying, you two need to do more together. Like, what? For real? Okay. So we did it. And... Um, and Jack basically got crazy and says, I make a much better guest than I do a host. <laughs> I mean, wait, you're not wrong. Okay. So, <laughs> so we just, we had a lot of fun. And of course he's been a guest on the show and he will come back and be a guest on the show. And um, he was just a hoot. So, you know, then I asked Amelia to, I'm like, come on, we have lots of fun. Let's just do this and turn it into a fun thing. And it's really just grown and grown and grown. And here we are 2023 and going strong with millions of listeners every night. Archives do really well. So we have to thank all of you guys for that because our guests are phenomenal and our, our listeners are phenomenal and the chat room is always phenomenal. So um, give yourselves all a pat on the back for being part of the Outer Realm family. We love and appreciate you all. What is this nonsense? Poor Jack. Poor Jack. Jack starts it. <laughs> Jack starts it. <laughs> Just saying. 
Oh my gosh. Anyway, tell me what you've been up to. Tell me what you've been up to. We're having like a paranormal survivor like reunion here. I was so. going to say it is kind of a reunion. I don't know. Katie's not here though. And <laughs> No, we could always, Katie, if you're listening, we'll give you a link. <laughs> so, bring Jack on, bring Katie on. <laughs> bring them all on because we're all paranormal survivor survivors. <laughs> survivors. Absolutely. We have a loads yeah. of fun. Loads yeah. of fun. I know. But you know what, Michelle, it's always busy because, you know, we always say, right, um, October is always the busiest month because apparently uh, most people only experience paranormal activity in October. However, if you're a paranormal investigator, it's like, yeah, 367, you know, 365. Always, always. It's always really busy. But this is mm -hmm. good. I like being busy. Sometimes mm. a little too busy, but that's why we have teams. <laughs> it's true. It's right? true. So are you still actively investigating then? Yeah, we are. I mean, we um, actually just yesterday um, got wind of another um, case that's really close to home. We always do. Uh, the majority of our cases are usually, um, you know, house investigation. So we do a lot of residentials. Right. Um, and I really enjoy those because they're so, um, they're so interesting. You learn so much about not only the people, which mm -hmm. is exciting, because if you do this work, you do like people, the yeah. dead and the, the undead and all you of that. You have to, right? You don't really um, feel like helping someone you don't like. <laughs> well, that's right. But what I like, too, is that every case is so different and you have to treat every case so differently. Sure. Um, and it's just it's so fascinating because, you know, we've got like I, I like to call them common denominators of experience a lot. Right. Um, but, you know, it, it's they're they're all different. They're all different. So, yeah, we're we're busy. We're still actively investigating. Well, which that's is, fun. Which is good. Yeah, that's fun. I, I don't investigate anymore, um, no. unfortunately. No, busy, too busy. Um, but a lot of our stuff is done through, you know, remote viewing, remote clearings. Um, and we we went from doing between 50 and 70 a week to, um, oh, yeah, down to about 30, <laughs> 20, 30, yeah. We had to, we had to, uh, we had to scale back because it's strange, but it's just like the more we did, the more we were just being contacted and, you know, we just like, okay, but I mean, we have a good track record, you know, we've got people stay clear people, um, people who've even been through, um, I guess, different versions of, of exorcisms or hardcore blessings or, um, deliverances. And I've seen some, I mean, I've partic participated in both, um, aside from not, I'm going to say not Catholic exorcisms, so God, don't shoot me. But, but um, you know, it, it, it really got to be, um, it really got to be crazy. So it is nice that uh, we're being validated in that we've helped so many people, but it is really tiring. It's exhausting, as you know. Yeah. Um, I just couldn't do them all. Like that really changed as I'm sure you would know with, with the pandemic, you know, in-house investigating just sort of got shelved. So it's like, okay, that's fine. Let's just go do this remote viewing thing. Let's just do remote clearings. Right. And the volume of people that we were able to help, because, you know, me, I only work malevolent cases, yes. right? That's all. That's always ever been that way. Um, so 
to put a dent in it like that without leaving the comfort of my own home. It's kind, oh it kind of spoiled me. I'm like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but yeah, it's, 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 it's good. So, but I, I, I thought I would miss it more. Um, and amazingly, I think I've just become a bit of a recluse because I, I, I miss the people. I miss the interaction. Um, and you know, and for yeah. me, I was still I was still working too, doing a lot of consultations and stuff like that on shows, and so I just you know still getting my little fill every now and then. So <laughs> yeah. you know, well you know you're not alone because a lot of people have felt reclusive because of this whole pandemic thing. Um, but again, you know, it's it's interesting that you don't miss the investigative part of it. I mean, you're still investigating. It's just that you're doing yeah. it different. That's that's really all it is. You know, it is. I think it's just my research has switched gears as well. Um, I was turning down doing projects um, because now it's like you're this talking head now. Everything is done through pandemic days through Zoom. And okay, you're going to just be this expert. No, I can't. It's hard to take it seriously. But you know, I'm this talking head on the on the screen. But um, I don't know. I just find that my and, and they say this happens with with investigators that you you make this transition from the paranormal into ufology, and I started really um, because of my other show, The Gray Zone Uncensored, that I do with Joe Montaldo. Um, everything there is information based, and I just it was twenty four to twenty five hours a week of straight research, and the things I was finding led me to a revelation that. They're, they're more connected than, than I thought. I started looking at different signs of people, contactees, and people with attachments. And this light went off and went, oh, my God, I'm an attachee. <laughs> I knew. And so I started talking to my mom and, you know, family members. And they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, they've ha they remember having these, these uh, I'll say, situations um, in their childhood and my grandparents. And it just went on and on and on. Not that you don't have the attachments. Like they do go hand in hand. I think if it, one door opens, it's a real fine line as to what comes out of the portal sort of thing. Right. Yeah. But it just, it just switched me gears. And now I find it's like, it would have to be a really incredible, a really incredible place like I do when I go, when I, when I travel, you know, I have to stay in haunted places. I have to, you know, you can't, you have to be a part of it. Right. Of you do. It's in your blood. It's in my blood. I know. There it's we totally go. In your blood. Totally. I know it is. Okay. So for all the um, audio listeners, Cat Ward, I used to think the paranormal only meant ghosts. Then I fell down a rabbit hole and realized that's also UFOs, aliens, cryptids, hundred percent. 100%. Yes. Totally agree. Totally yes. agree. That's so I, interesting. I think I, I just dig that, that whole other, you know, I think I've just done everything for so long now that I can pretty well feel my way around it. So you're getting into all this other stuff. It's kind of cool. Like the last time you were on, you spoke about skinwalkers in your neck of the woods, which right. That, there's an example right there of something that's totally outside the norm. Yeah, totally. It's really interesting because when we first started to have our paranormal meetings, because we have public meetings, 
um, we only really talked about, you know, ghosts and hauntings and people would volunteer information about whatever they were experiencing. And of course, you know, they meet other people. They don't think they're crazy anymore because there are other people around them that are experiencing those things too. But mm -hmm. as it grew um, and as the years went by, people started to share much more experiences and different experiences. And that's when, you know, people, not just the team, but the people around us and in our community started to kind of, you know, like, I guess, connect the dots and realize that, yeah, there's this interconnectedness of all of this mm. stuff. Skinwalker thing was that just blew me away because not only did we have, you know, one or two sightings, but now it's like four, five, six sightings of the same kind of creature. People describe it exactly in the same way. Mm. Um, and there are more things that they're bringing to light about this skinwalker type creature, which, yes. you know, is really cool. Like one of them more recently had said that they came into contact with it near the dog park. They were walking their dog early in the morning and oh. this thing kind of just came out of nowhere out of the dog park and the way that their their animal their dog reacted to it was it just didn't do anything it didn't bark it didn't sort of you know kind of um, recoil in fear or anything mm. like that it was just silent it didn't know what to make of it and i thought that was really interesting as well because you hear about animals going crazy or barking. That's true, or, especially if you're trying to protect your owner. Right. You know? So right. what kind of descriptions do you get? Just because we're in the Wayback Machine now, but this is a, a whole other audience and so on. So why don't Tom just walk us through, because we have similar things, I guess they call them, um, well, wolf people. I'm wondering if there's a similarity. So what, what are the descriptions and the type of behaviors and that you've seen with these things. Cause I mean, Georgina of all places, like of it's, all places, of well, all it's just, it's a small, happy little community. Well, you're right. I mean, it's a small, happy community, but we have so much going on because we have the lake around us, um, which is really important as you know. Yes. Um, and we have the indigenous population here as well. Very important. We have tons of UFO sightings. Um, years ago, we're talking 1991, mm -hmm. I interviewed this gentleman who told me that at the base of Snake Island, he knew that there was a UFO launch pad, which I thought was fascinating. And he had seen craft uh, coming out of the lake near Snake Island and going into the lake. So I thought that was interesting. No um, but again, these skinwalkers, it just, it started about, I'm going to say maybe 2015, 2016, where people started to report this. The first person who did, um, they were coming back, it was a couple and they were coming back from a party. Um, he of course, stress the fact that no, we did not have anything to drink. We were driving. We were stopping at the bank machine. This was their aim was to stop at the bank machine. Um, they slowed down tr to pull up to the bank machine. And this thing that they described as a humanoid figure that was on all fours that looked like a naked man with a larger head and very, very black eyes Oh. Um, right in front of them, 
stopped in the middle of the street. There was obviously nobody in the middle of the street. Um, and it stared at them for what they thought was, you know, 30 seconds, but probably was a fraction of a second and then took off right in front of the bank and then kind of disappeared. So they decided that, you know, rather than take money out of the bank that night, they might forego this. They <laughs> <laughs> just like drive away. Yeah. But that really marked them and they felt obligated to report this. Mm. And then, of course, not long after that, we're talking maybe six months, eight months after that, in the south end of, of town, someone else reported the same creature. And again, a creature, humanoid, naked, looked like a man on all fours, um, larger head, big eyes. So what does that tell you? Wow. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't... Wes says it sounds like me. I'm like, wow, Wes. <laughs> um, do you, do you have a, a, a an indigenous community out there? Like, have you approached them about this? Um, interestingly enough, we had uh, a couple of people that talked to the team after one of our meetings, and they said, you know, it's unfair to call it a skinwalker. Okay. Um, it actually looks more like what people Google as the rake. Um, yeah, and if you Google something, right? So yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. So it's one of those things where the um, indigenous community doesn't really want you to call it a skinwalker because um, it's not really that. It is right. something else. And I think the reason people call it skinwalker is because it's just skin. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, yes. And but it's also associated with witches and so on. Um, you know, it's a cultural thing. So I could see why they would want to, you know, try to avoid that stigma. But yes. rakes, I mean, they're they're terrifying in their own right. Right. So like, have you had any, like throughout these, these eyewitnesses, have you ever had any attacks or you know, whether animal attacks or people attacks, or do they pretty much keep to themselves? Do they come out and like full on? Like, what's their, what's their, what's their story <laughs> out in Georgia? <laughs> they seem to um, startle people and run away. So no attacks, which mm. is a fortunate thing. Yeah. Um, not yet anyway, but there have been quite a few sightings and that kind of concerns me. Um, and yet at the same time, I'm not too surprised because we do have a lot of, um, you know, UFO sightings, alien sightings up yes. here um, and being surrounded by water and yes. all of that. It's, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm really not that shocked to tell right. you the truth. Right. Right. Um, what kind of alien sightings do you have? Well, a couple of people have reported, of course, the bright lights in the sky, of yes. course. Yes. Um, an elderly lady walking her dog a few years ago um, contacted us and said it was really an odd thing because she always took her dog out at a certain time every night, um, went outside, and there was this thing in the sky. And how she described it was different lights. Um, like green, blue, red, mm. that kind of thing. Yeah. And it was just hovering near her home. Mm. And she said it was it was surreal because it was as if nobody was outside. Um, it was very quiet, very strange. She said it's it scared her. So she went back inside and 
was able to actually watch this thing through her spare room window and it stuck around for a very long time. Oh. Uh, again, she said it was odd because nobody seemed to be around in the neighborhood. And I thought that was interesting. It was like a mass like visitation or <laughs> Drainage, uh, right? it, it is, it is. It make, it, I, I'd be curious to see if she ended up having any experiences throughout the night, you know, missing time things of that nature because usually they say the theory is is if you see one it's not your first time right right i agree with wes on uh, being an interdimensionary being with going back to the rake i i do completely believe that as well i do believe that as well i do too yeah yes um Okay, Wayne. Submit a dogman sightings. I saw a large, yeah, this did happen right up front of the house. I saw a large, skinny, shaggy, long haired, what appeared to be a dog in conversation, loping down the street. It was so large that it galloped like a horse, um, more so than it was a dog. Gave me an unsettling feeling. I have heard this same account um, many times in, mm -hmm. in southern Ontario. Um, they just seem to be big, shaggy, long-legged things with really long snouts. Um, they're just really mangy-looking. Besides that, um, there's lots of sightings of those. Um, we call them like, like dogman wolf people. And I think the first account, let me know if you have anything like this out your neck of the woods. I'm probably thinking you do. Um First came to my attention from a woman living out in Elmira. No, sorry, is it no, Elmira? Mm -hmm. It's North Guelph. Okay. And she said she was visiting her grandmother. They had a big farm out there. And the grandmother was said, do not go near the wood line, like the woods. They had like like a couple hundred acres. It says, do not go near the edge of the property where the forest starts because that's where the wolf people live. And she's like, okay. So, I mean, she just was fear of God instilled into her from a very young age. But she said when she turned 16, she decided, she started walking through the property. She made it halfway, you know, um, I guess from where the house was to to the, the where the forest line was. It wasn't like a couple hundred acres because the house was closer to the woods. But she said she stopped because she could see five figures walking. So as she got closer, they stopped. And they looked and she said they were wolves and wow. they were tall and they were walking. And it's just like, oh gosh, I, if I had honestly a dollar for how many times I heard similar stories throughout the last 20 years, it seems to definitely there's something. Well, that's something I've got to bring up at the next meeting because Honestly, people see the most incredible things. Um, in the same vein, we've had some people tell us that they've experienced um, these beings. They don't even know exactly what they are because they describe them as being monstrous. So whatever that means, because monstrous means different things to different people. Um, very, very tall, um, almost ape-like. So that kind of sounds like Sasquatchy to it me. It does. Yes, right? It does. It does. Yeah. And they're, most out, there. people, they're out your way. Just saying. They are. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And most people that, that 
talk about them, talk about them in the sort of northern edge of Georgina. So we're talking like Pefferlaw um, and beyond. Uh, right. But they, they talk about them being monstrous and ape-like. And right. I can remember when I was with Toronto Ghosts and Hauntings Research yes. Society, I remember people talking about that even then um, and thinking, boy, that's that's really strange. But I haven't mm. heard stories like this in a little while. Mm. Um, and I'm curious to find out, you know, mm -hmm. are there, I mean, well, we know that there are creatures like that all throughout Canada oh. um, in the States. I hear tons of, of stories. I mean, people have been on the show. People have written in. I can give in a personal account, not even myself personally, but my, uh, I had a family member who had 100 acres over in Bancroft. Oh. Yeah, not too far from um, Algonquin Park either. And he was sort of a caretaker for the property. We're just like, you know, hired him just to be a caretaker. And he was of Indigenous descent as well. And I said, okay, you know, this is all you have to do. And I would choke around, right? And I'd say, okay, because I learned something on the show from having guests on. And they started saying, okay, well, whatever you do, don't go out, for example, and, you know, start banging pots and pans around trying to scare them because they take that as a sign of war. I'm like, okay, noted, you know, <laughs> Just, I'm, I'm taking all this stuff in. I'm like, okay, okay. So I, 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 I text, you know, our guy out there, I'm like, okay, by the way, <laughs> stuff goes on. Do not, I repeat, do not go out there. And I'm, you know, he was just, I think, getting wigged out, but he was a pretty good sport. But he did say to me, he goes, here's what's really strange. He goes, five o'clock in the morning, I could hear knocking on a tree, right? A tree knocking, right? Or tapping or, and he goes, and I know there's a real chopping wood on your property at 5 a.m. I'm just going, well, that's interesting. Wow. But I have to say, after he left and we went up just to, you know, clean up the quarters and stuff, he had the sage bag out. <laughs> he had oh, this tobacco. And I'm going, what the heck were you actually experiencing out here? He he left in a hurry. I bet. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he started putting two and two together. I'm like, so I'm thinking, let's get back to this property <laughs> too. Maybe some investigating. It has everything. It's got a lake on it. It's got a river that runs in behind it. It's got, you know, caves and everything way up in the back. So it, it pretty much, from what I understand, has everything that would be enticing to such a being. And you know, I I watched this real popular show. Um, well, I, okay. Well, I'm just going to say it. Darn it, Paranormal Caught on Camera. I'll, I'll give it a plug. Yes. Uh, yeah. I have to be careful with that. I'm only allowed to plug so many things. And they actually showed a video in Bancroft of a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch just walking in a field beside the road. And a family captured it. Wow. So I thought, there's our guy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, this could have been. It wasn't far. Only one, and there he is. <laughs> right. I know. There he is. But there I mean, let's face it. You're you're up against Algonquin Park, which is like, what is it? Like 20,000 square acres of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There we of go. trees right. that they can knock on, Michelle. 
and they found a little hundred acres. <laughs> so either that or my guy was just like, you know, something. I don't know. He wasn't in the habit of doing that. So I have to think, well, okay. Yeah. Uh, it says, I wonder how many of these beings are thought forms that are created by people. Then through the power of suggestion, other people witness these beings. Sometimes people truly open to the suggestion. They can actually see if it's real or not. Like a tulpa, slender man is a tulpa which basically was a thought form that was created and people started chiming in and giving it characteristics. But then it got weird because there were sightings of him throughout the world. And just, this is a thought form. Right. Right. So how powerful are we? Well, we're pretty powerful. We really are. I mean, you know, when you think about it, I think we're way more powerful than we give ourselves credit for. Um, and think about poltergeists, right? How people will create mm -hmm. <laughs> something true. outside of themselves that can create havoc, right? So, yeah, mm -hmm. a, a thousand percent. See, I, I am a big believer in that. It's so hard filming all the time because everybody wants the D word. I'll, you know, that's what you want. I could yeah. give you like how many different answers and you're going to always come back to that one. But it could be this, right? Well, I suppose. Sure. Okay. <laughs> just say it. Okay. Just say it. Okay. <laughs> you know, but realistically, I am more level headed than that. People, I don't run around screaming demon all the time. But I do believe in, in that we are powerful beings. And I do believe in, you know, telekinesis and psychokinesis and projecting so much energy that you can create, you know, footsteps that you can create doors to open and close and you can tables, you know, or chair stacking, you know, like, yeah, it's, do you ever run into that problem when you're investigating? I find it so difficult. It's easier for someone to believe there's a demon in the house than it is for them to believe that they're a powerful being that can project. Oh, absolutely. How I mean, do you deal with that? <laughs> it's difficult, you know, because there's so many people that want so badly to experience something. And I know you've come across this as well. Um, they want so much to experience something that they really do create it themselves. Yes. And that's so hard because you have to be so tactful as a paranormal investigator. You know, you kind of have to be a psychologist sometimes. It's true. You really I took do. a counseling course just so I knew how to properly communicate with people. Don't say something stupid. Yeah, it's hard, right? It, it's hard. It is. Yeah. I mean, how do you tell someone, yeah, it, it's it's you when you really know that they're going to look at you and say, what, are you crazy? <laughs> I send them a link. I've learned. I've sent them a link with a description of psychokinesis. And I'll be very delicate. I'll say, if you can see yourself in here. Right. <laughs> Just maybe. Smart. And they, because they read it and they're like, oh my goodness, yes. I have experienced this. So they don't want to just come out and say anything to you. For example, they may read it and see it for themselves um, because you really do have to be so delicate with it because you could throw them the other way. Right. So yes. uh, it can also be dangerous if they create something. Oh, yes. Yes. No kidding. No Absolutely. Kidding. My daughter, when she was going through puberty, used to project energy. And she would message me while I was working, you know, <laughs> and she's, she's just, okay, there's a statue on the table. And it just started moving by itself. And I'm like, I know I'm not haunted. Knock it off. 
it. It's that easy. Calmly knock it off. She goes, I can't do that. You're doing it. <laughs> Believe me, you're doing it. But, um, when you see things as a kid and you don't watch horror movies, you can't explain it. When you see it again as an adult, you just shake your head. Yes, absolutely. I think common sense, but many adults cat says my daughter and i were driving here in the ottawa valley about three years ago she saw being run across the road her description was similar ooh, to the rake and she says it wasn't that i keep looking for it whenever i'm driving on that road and why <laughs> that's my question <laughs> why are you looking for it <laughs> you know why would you look for it <laughs> yeah these are telepathic beings cat <laughs> oh gosh you know, careful what you what you wish for. It's something I say, you never know. You end up with a with a friend. Um, it's true. So, do you have? Um, so I can go the other way. She says, "Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> I, I get that." <laughs> so, okay, I'll, I'll let you have that one. <laughs> I love it. Um, but with investigating, um, what do you find has been the most prominent? Um, with your investigations? Is it just people? Because I get a lot of people that say, I just want to know what's in the house. Or they have people who are, you know, extraterrestrials. You have people who are basically know there's something very malevolent. It's me, <laughs> you know. Right, right. What do you find? Do you know what? With us, um, for the most part, it's people that are experiencing things in their home that is scary to them. So, you right. know, whatever it happens to be, whether it's, um, you know, residual energy, uh, mm. whether they've dredged something up, because put it this way, we live in an area where we're north of Toronto. Um, Toronto is very, very expensive. People move north because they can afford um, right. more of a house mm -hmm. in this area. Sure. Uh, we have a lot of old cottages. So people mm -hmm. are either tearing them down, rebuilding, or they're buying the old cottages and they're renovating. So they're tearing things out. They're moving things. They're and the law of the property. The, right. Uh, so we all know what that can do. Sure. Um, it can dredge up a lot of stuff. So hmm. that's normally what we're called in to investigate is, you know, people experiencing things they can't explain. Mm -hmm. um, but also I think, and I mean, I think you might agree with me, seeing as though, you know, we are both on one of those paranormal shows at one point in our lives. Um, people watch a lot of paranormal TV and they've been cooped up with this pandemic and they've had a lot of time to think I about guess. things. They've been in their own environment, which, you know, prior to the pandemic, they left for extended periods of time and mm. only spent short periods of time in before they left again to do yes. whatever they were going to do. So yeah. now, of course, they're experiencing more, right? They're paying attention to their environment and they're trying to get used to it. They're renovating it so that it, it could be more sort of useful to them because they're working mm. from home, et cetera, et cetera. So mm. we're seeing a lot more of that kind of thing where people are saying, okay, I'm questioning my environment now and something's not right. Well, yeah. I like how you basically said like people are paying attention. I think that's a big one. Because, you know, sometimes I've always tried to tell people they will leave signs all the time. But I think life just keeps us so busy. You're working, come home, get dinner ready, get the kids, get homework, take the dog out. Like it, it, we just don't really slow down long enough 
to pay attention to what's going on. The example I always use is put a glass on the table, walk away, go to work, come home, the glass is moved. Will you say to yourself, oh, that glass is moved? Or will you say to yourself, oh, yeah, I left the glass on the table. My bad. <laughs> you know, I am, I know better. And I would still come home and say, oh, gosh, just should put that away before I left. I don't really, we don't focus. No. If you're alone with your thoughts, with your surroundings, or maybe just just too much togetherness, so you start bickering. Um, and it's sad if you have people with, you know, um, with mental health, you know, for example, bad anxiety or depression, that that energy sort of gets trapped, you know, and it just compounds. If you don't know how to clear your space, um, I think it would just compound arguing, you know, yes. it's stressful times. There were stressful times. For That's many people. Very, very true. That's so true. And yeah. I mean, it's so true that this whole situation in our lives mm-hmm. um, really did dredge up a lot of, you know, personal experiences and paying attention more and more to, you know, not only your environment, but your internal environment, right? Sure. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's been really challenging. But if you're in this field, it is absolutely fascinating fascinating what it all did right oh absolutely absolutely you know then on the flip side is you have people who have suffered loss you know from everything as well so now you have the grievers it's like i say people who are grieving want that sign from their loved ones so desperately that sometimes maybe something else comes in or they're into because they're anticipating or just desperately asking for that uh, Tamara says you find a spike in people needing help because they are home now. So they experience stuff at home. 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because when you're at home, um, you are paying attention to what's going on around you. And mm-hmm. uh, again, you know, if you're spending more time there, um, mm-hmm. all those pops and cracks and <laughs> and footsteps that True. you weren't there to hear before you're right. there now right so yeah, yeah exactly absolutely. for sure for even sure. if it's the house settling you're just more nervous automatically you know right well right. we thought we knew a lot of the sounds in this house we've heard a few new ones we're like hmm. <laughs> hmm. that's what you need uh kat says linda you mentioned earlier more people are reporting more skinwalkers in your area do you believe people are simply reporting more or are there more of these creatures so do you think people are reporting them more or are there actually more so we'll backtrack a little bit you know i think um that people are really reporting them more and the reason i say that is because um people are more aware that we're in existence, that there is a paranormal society, there there is somebody in town that is willing to listen, um, and somebody in town that, you know, you can report these things to. Mm-hmm. Um, because so, I mean, so many years, I, I really believe that people didn't even know that we existed. And I mean, mm-hmm. even this year, people have been saying, really, we have a paranormal society? <laughs> wow. Yeah. And you know what, Michelle, like I've been doing this for, well, this year will be 42 years, which is Gosh, kind of insane. Definitely doing your time. Insane. <laughs> I know, but we've existed in Georgina for 10 years. So Mm. um, this year will be our 11th year that we've been here. But again, you know what, if you're not um, aware, if you um, aren't connected with somebody who's having these experiences that that knows that we exist, or if 
you're not on social media or whatever, you're not going to know that we exist. So you won't have anybody sure. really to report this to. So I For like sure. to think that there's more in our area now. I mean, just because that's who I am. I like to think that there's more. <laughs> but, you know, look at Kat. Look at she's being just like a suck up. You don't right? look old enough to be investigating that long. We love you, Kat. Sweet. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. We love you. We love you. I don't know. Really, I might have been be a I know. <laughs> Keep it coming. <laughs> Seriously. So you have, um, I mean, being a paranormal group, you've had this group for quite some time. And have you, how, have you had a pretty solid team? I know at CMH, we've been, you know, pretty much solid from a bit rocky, I think, early years. And by the time we weeded everybody out, we've been solid now for at least 15 to 17 years. Wow. That's yeah, awesome. no, no problems at all. Yeah. I mean, we, we need to investigate. I don't have to say anything. I just, everybody knows what they have to do. They can usually tell by, I'm very expressive. <laughs> I'm very expressive. They can tell by the look on my face, what needs to be done, what to do, what not to do. Um, I would trust, I mean, everyone, you know, pretty much has, has done their media. You know, I'm always very like, yeah, yeah, free for all. Everybody get on there. But I, I can trust them to communicate properly. I can trust them to communicate with, with the people we assist properly, to investigate properly. Uh, I've been very fortunate because I understand that that's not really a thing for a lot of people. Have you had any issues like that? Or are you guys pretty solid for the most part? Um, We've had our bumps over the mm. years. Um, right now, I can absolutely say that we have a very solid team. Um, and one of the reasons we do right now is because we all have a meeting of the minds. And I think that's so important. I mean, if you share the same philosophy, um, if you share so many of the same sort of ideals, um, I think it can work. If you have members of your team that you really don't see eye to eye with, or, you know, there are, there, there's friction in some way, you mm -hmm. know, that, you know, there's something that you need to do. And right. yeah, I mean, we've had our, our bumps and grinds along the way, but mm -hmm. um, I think every team does until you find the I people, agree. you know, that you resonate with um, mm -hmm. because you all have to, um, investigate in the same way and really have the same philosophy. Otherwise, mm -hmm. it's not going to work. I mean, if you're the kind of team where you love having 19 cameras, 18,000 feet of coaxial cable and, you know, all kinds of instrumentation, apps mm -hmm. and this and that, then, you know, you got to jive with the other members of your team who might feel you the do. same way. But you if do. you're like with us, Georgina Paranormal, we're really grassroots. And I always tell people, um, we don't go in with a million pieces of equipment and, and all of that. That's really not who we are. Mm -hmm. um, and um, you have to understand, I've been in this a long time. Mm. Uh, when I first started, I mean, we didn't have EMF detectors. You know, we didn't have That's all toys. These, yeah, we didn't yeah. have all these toys. Like I had a no. tape recorder. Yeah, that, going with your good old common yeah. sense, Remember? you know, pad, paper, yeah. recorder. That's about it. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So I think you get to that point where it's expected of you. Like I've always done public events where people want to know, does this equipment exist? Does it work? Yes. Oh, so God. I would incorporate it in it. Cause that's what I would get brought in to do. I say, yes, it exists. Okay. 
uh, it's overpriced. Don't buy it. You can buy this. It'll do the same thing or yeah. don't buy it at all or <laughs> just use your head instead <laughs> or, you know, um, just a lot of different examples. And when people look at the stuff that's out there, I, I just, I, they're like, wow, this is amazing. We want to go and buy it all. I'm like, you'll never use any of it. I don't, mm-hmm. even right to the end of my investigating, which was pretty much just before everything hit, I didn't use it. <laughs> I love my favorite people always say, well, what, you know, I'll ask you the same thing, but what were your favorites? I like the Polaroid camera. I still am old school. I prefer a cassette instead yeah. of <laughs> a digital recorder, even though I've got phenomenal high tech recorders, I'm yeah. sorry. And only use one side. So it doesn't bleed over. <laughs> Cause I'm weird like that too. And pen, paper, listen, listen listen yeah listen and feel and i think that's the thing people don't do that paranormal teens um if they're really into the hype um and they you know they watch all those shows and they really think that it's important to have all of this equipment etc etc ad nauseum i think they forget the main goal of all of this is to immerse yourself in the environment Mm -hmm. and to actually listen and feel what you're experiencing, what is around you, what the environment is all about and what the environment can tell you Um, that instrumentation can't because we all know that instrumentation is not all that reliable. So it's true. Especially yeah. if you end up in an area like people will even look at high levels of EMF or even carbon monoxide. They would look at me like I had two heads when I came here with a carbon monoxide detector. Sorry, right. people need to check the obvious first, you know. Right. But I mean, you you have to, you know. Um, let me get to some questions for you because we'll it'll start going. Do you feel more things are walking around out of the dark so now so people can see them? Or let's elaborate on that. Do you think people are opening up? We're evolving, awakening, paying attention. Oh, a thousand percent. I mean, we get so many reports from people that say things like, you know, my whole life, I've never experienced anything. I mean, not even as you know, so much as a, a finding a dime on the floor. And people say, oh, well, I find dimes all the time. And that's messages. I never got anything like that. And then all of a sudden, bam these things are happening or I, I think I'm losing my mind because, you know, I'm, I'm 60 years old and I've never experienced. And then all of a sudden, yeah, I really do. I think people are paying more attention. Number Mm -hmm. one, Mm -hmm. number two, I think we're in a very exciting time Mm -hmm. in this world, in this universe that so many things are happening right now, that so many things are opening up. You might, people might call them portals. I don't know, whatever you want to call them, things are happening. And I think that if you're sensitive to them, amazing things can happen and you're going to be experiencing way more than you ever thought possible. Mm -hmm. But even who aren't sensitive are suddenly sort of coming out of the woodwork and talking about things more. I don't know. Are you experiencing? I'm kidding. (laughs) No. Yeah. I, I absolutely, I absolutely agree with that. I think people are starting to pay attention. People are waking up, I guess, as, as you know, what I, how I like to call it. Um, But I don't know. 
I think we you have to just keep going. Don't let it scare you. Ah, oh, Bart, Bart, Bart. Hey, Bart. Uh, Bart and I work together every week, and um, he's also coming on board with his own show. And I know it's going to all be about consciousness. It's going to be like amazing. It's going to be one of the daytime shows. But he says, listen, feel, and trust what your body's picking up. That's what gets my vote. I use a form of muscle testing or applied uh, kinesiology. Oh, wow. Yes. He's very in tune with himself and everything. Um, And yes, Wayne, we find dimes in the house all the time. It's true. We had a show that was filming here. And coins were dropping from the ceiling. I love it. We could hear the coins drop and, and, and the crew was just losing their minds. They're like, come on, this isn't a thing. We're all sitting there. We're just like, it's like, it's, they caught it on camera. It, it did, it did happen. It did happen. So wow, yeah, this house loves to give it up. Hello. How are you? Here we go. It's a newbie here. Uh, a turkey thermometer for equipment. Okay, that's a crazy story. Okay. Let, let, no, let's just say, I, yes, I did work with somebody and that was part of the kit. Really? I'm not kidding. And how did that work? Not very well. Okay. <laughs> he claimed it was it was like a, a temperature thing. And he'd put it out there and I'd be like, okay. But what do I know? I, I You know, everyone's got their techniques. That's true. But yes. Everybody's got their techniques. So I, you know. Yes, they're idiosyncrasies. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> yeah, well, it's something. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's something. Uh, Kat says, this is for both of you. A lot of people in the past three years or so feel like there's been a shift and that we're in a different dimension, a different earth. Uh, yep. What are your thoughts on this? Ah, are you talking about the looking glass? You're looking at the looking glass. Yes, yes, yes. Um, that's a good one, Linda. Take it away. You're the guest. <laughs> I'll jump in later. It's kind of like what I had said, I think, a little bit earlier in that um, it's a really exciting time because I think that um, people are, I don't know, maybe it's part of our minds that are uh, awakening right now. Mm. Um, But I think, you know, it's the whole interconnectedness of it all. I think, um, yeah, that this is a really exciting time. I think something in our uh, universe is um, suddenly coming to light. I think people are experiencing things more and more. And yeah, Kat, I think, yeah, there's something going on. I don't know how to explain it properly, mm-hmm. but I'm sure, Michelle, you will be able to explain it properly. And the looking glass, you're right, through the looking glass, I've heard that expression. Yes, that is actually uh, a really big thing right now, the looking glass. Uh, it's believed that there are people who, have you ever heard, let me back up a minute, have you ever heard of a device called a chronovisor? No. It's supposed to be this this pretty modern piece of equipment that has surfaced, let's say, around the 70s, 80s, okay. and where you can you can look at it, the looking glass, back in time, back, or back okay. in time, forward in time. Uh, there were allegedly photographs of Christ taken, um, all kinds of things. And there's apparently one of these that sit in the Vatican. And there's apparently another organization that's got one as well. So, of course, because people can go back and forth, like if you're getting to CIA things, go back and forth, you know, for your own agendas, you can create things to happen. 
and there's another group for the good of man. I think they're called the guardians of the looking glass. You guys can go check them out on YouTube. They get yanked down pretty, pretty often. We had a guest called Frank Jacob, who's been on a couple of times and he's a really big spokesman for, for this. And um, he's talked about it very avidly as well. So shifting, some people believe since CERN got reactivated or activated that it has shifted us over and that we are in the wrong reality. Oh, or you could just believe we're in a matrix altogether and it just doesn't matter. <laughs> so what I'm saying, that could be a whole other show. <laughs> so, no kidding. But there is, there's a lot of theories around that. And they say, well, we're in the wrong time, that we should have, you know, if you think back to, to your life, even as a child, just how, how things, how quiet things were and just, you know, certain paths were going on. And all of a sudden it's almost like, some people don't even have recollection. They just are in like this time, which is just so like, it could be a great time. You know, I'm just happy to be alive. So it doesn't matter which dimension <laughs> I'm in right now. But, um, but there is, there are those people who really believe that we're there. We're in a bad spot and that we have to try to shift back. And I wonder if that tends to go back to manifesting your reality. Well, that's true. I mean, it is all about intention. It is all about manifestation. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You talk to some people who say, this is a really awful time because, mm -hmm. you know, look at all of the weather patterns. Um, yeah. You know, something has shifted that has made everything just kind of eerie and witchy and odd. And I mean, and they equate eerie, witchy and odd with bad. Some people equate it with good. Right. <laughs> I yeah, mean, some of us have equated that kind of weirdness with greatness. Say, excuse me, what's the problem? Um, <laughs> yes. but, you know, and, and yet I seem to look at it as an exciting time because, you know, I, I like to learn. I'm, I'm really into, um, into learning and into research and um, tapping into things, you know, that yes. just, and I think it's exciting because there is so much to learn and so many things are coming to light that, I mean, I didn't know about this device that apparently is in the Vatican. This is a really cool. No, I, I stumbled onto it because I was doing research for one of the other shows and we're and for, for gray zone. It was like mysterious, um, you know, mysterious devices or, or ancient technology. And this thing surfaced. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> you know, what is this voodoo? I need to learn more about it. You know? And it was, it was really, really fascinating. Um, but I mean, who knows what's still sitting there in the Vatican? There's all kinds of great stuff in there, oh you know. Gosh. Um, but it's yeah. definitely it is definitely interesting. Um, I don't know, man. You, you live in this time, you have to make the best of it. Um, people are much more aware these days and open to the idea of exploring new ways of connecting with their spirituality and senses. Yes. I That's also true. I agree with that as well. Um Hold on here. May I ask where this was? Uh, you think you lost both of us. <laughs> uh, what? Where? May I ask where this was? Hmm. Just, just chime in there at any point. Oh, or, or is it this right here? Okay. Is this is this a question you were asking, Tamara's question? I put talcum powder down in a closed haunted hotel where we were 
where we were working at blocked off hallway had footprints in the morning and we were the only people with access. Okay, great. And okay. And question answered up in Northern Ontario, late eighties to nineties, the hotel is gone. Okay. There we are. Yes. Okay. There you go. There Only you the host. <laughs> I was trying to keep up with you guys. Love it. Know, and the talcum powder, Michelle, this is interesting because I remember talking to sort of a fledgling paranormal investigator just recently, and um, she was hilarious. She was like, so what did you do way back when? And I'm thinking, well, way back when? Okay, so 43 years. <laughs> I suppose that yeah. was when. That's um, a way back machine. <laughs> right? And I mean, we used all kinds of really neat things like talcum powder. Yes. I used to pack. Yeah, but I used to pack little Kool-Aid packets, actually. Oh, <laughs> okay. Because, you know, sometimes talcum powder wasn't available or it would yes. glom. And, and Kool-Aid was great. You just put Kool-Aid on the floor as well, you know, or, mm -hmm. or set an object in Kool-Aid and then leave the room, seal it off and see if it moved, that kind of stuff. So right, yeah, right. we used to use stuff like that. And we should really go back to using stuff like that. Cause it's actually brilliant, but people don't forget to put a camera on wherever it is you're experimenting. Cause I've seen people do it and go, we caught this. I'm like, where? Right. <laughs> so uh, I actually did use it at one location where there was an alleged, you know, little, little growly and they had put, um, baby powder but they took it one step further and they put it under a glass globe ah. and there was a look like a three a three-fingered thing that imprinted into it that's amazing did get photos that's but with the camera you couldn't catch it's like nothing happened like right. nothing came in the camera caught nothing but yet there was this print wow so it was interesting, but this is the kind of place that delivered pretty much all the time. So it was a great place to experiment with. Do you have any places that you can go just to experiment with? Like, you know, test your, test your resilience or your skills or your equipment or, you know. Well, we've got a few places up here in Georgina, um, some which, you know, we can't really mention, but, um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, um, we have experimented with some, you know, new pieces of equipment or whatever that we want to see if they work or whatever. And we, yeah. we tend to go to specific locations and they never disappoint. I mean, right. that's the thing, you know, you've got yeah. those tried and true locations. One of them, I have to say, is the Pioneer Village up here. For some okay. reason, and it's funny how most pioneer villages, um, and when you talk to people in, in smaller towns that have them, they'll yeah. say the same thing. There's a lot of residual energy in yeah. pioneer villages, yeah. of course, but there's also a lot of active uh, spirits and a lot of intelligent spirits wandering around. And, and it's kind of kind of interesting to experiment there because you never know who's going to be coming in and out. It's They're fascinating places, really. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love the history. You know, you just, you have some spirits who just still, I love it when they're caught in their time. And I know I shouldn't say that, but yeah. it, you just have an entirely different investigation when you're dealing with, you know, a spirit individual who, I guess I, I say simpler times yes. before technology, before yes. a lot of this stuff. So you tend to, um, I don't know. You, you tend to just, for me, it's always a learning experience. If I had to say 
you know, investigating because there are things I really miss. It would be those kind of things. Yeah, I totally understand that. And as an investigator, I think it's so important to be really sensitive to that as well. I mean, you know, if you think about it, and we talk about this a lot when we do our our public um, Mm. talks and public investigations, which, I mean, it's not that I'm not fond of them, but it's like people expect certain things when you Mm -hmm. do them. Um, But I often talk about the fact that, you know, if you're in a specific location, um, some of the spirits that you're communicating with, they don't know what this little instrument is that has all the lights on it. They might know what a compass is or, you know, they might know what bells are, but they don't know what certain instruments are and they get upset. They, they, they get afraid. So Mm to be very sensitive yourself and very tactful when mm-hmm. you're uh, doing any kind of investigating, not only tactful with your clients, but, you know, tactful with the spirits too. I agree. So. I agree. I, I think that's, I'm glad you brought that up because I think you do see some of this on some of the investigative shows. Okay. We want you to flip this light on or do this or do that. Some lights didn't exist for some, I mean, per se, like yeah. electricity per se. I, I have, communicated with spirits that were you know you're out in the country i mean you're lighting candles you're you know they don't know what a flashlight is no you know like there's just i think you have to really research you know the location when i did the events at casa loma you know because i did them up there for like five years you know um and i would try when i was teaching um people who were coming to to have their experiences and i said look just what you have an advantage of a, some locations don't are photos of the original family. And it's a matter of saying, okay, this is the family. You'll see photos going back a hundred years of this property. When you're asking a question, try to put yourself back in time and communicate and ask questions based on the area that you're in, that the family would understand. And you may just get something. But then what do you do when you have a situation where the spirits may not know they pass and you're sitting there going, is there anybody here? And you have a spirit person going, hello, <laughs> I'm right here. Right. Like it's hard to, to have a proper line. You have to almost behave like you actually, because not everybody can see, but you almost have to have a line of questioning that is neutral to both. and. Yes, Trish, they don't all speak the same language either. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's that's another thing too, right? There's that meme, like, why are we in a, you know, 900-year-old castle in Romania? And uh-huh. you're thinking that they're speaking English to us. <laughs> that's, that, that's, well, it makes me wonder, is there like a language barrier? I, I can only speak for myself when I was in the Haunted Forest. Right. And Adriana, of course, is with me. She is Romanian. But I basically said through the through the EVPs, I said, "Can you please answer in English?" And at this point, I'm think I'm in my mind. I'm like, "Is there a language barrier?" So this is a this is kind of a test for me also. So she asked in Romanian, "Can you please speak in English also?" So then, when the answers started coming out, we would hear the "da," which is yes in Romanian, and they would say yes. Wow. So that was a bit of an experiment, weird place to experiment on top of a mountain, you know, in, in this right. crazy forest. But it it basically, it made me realize, I think there may not be a language barrier. 
Yeah, it's funny that you say that because often, um, because I started out doing what I do in Montreal, because that's where I'm from. Yes. Um, and I can remember uh, doing some investigating in my teens um, <laughs> um, and, yeah. and speaking French mm-hmm. um, and getting you know, answers that I could discern in English, which I thought was interesting. So when you look at it, I think you're right. I mean, there's a universal language, perhaps. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, telepathy is a universal language. Doesn't matter if you're English, French, Italian, yes. Greek, whatever. Yes. Um, so, yes. yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, we are really all equal. When we go back to the mothership. We can all speak the same language. <laughs> true. If you can think it, dang it, and get an answer in whichever, right. you know. But, you know, when, when you talk about it that way, though, it makes you also wonder, you know, people who are doing seances and yes. Ouija boards, things of that nature, spirit communication, if yeah. you've got something in your head, because I always say, okay, if you want to experiment with that, just clear your mind. Yeah. Because otherwise, are you the one prompting the movement with the thought? You're asking a question in your head, you might for a split second go, and that's sometimes all it takes. That's true. Right? That is so true. Right. Wayne says, I found that wearing period clothing and speaking properly, no slang. I often get positive results with these simple techniques. See, I can get that too. Mm -hmm. Slang is, is, you know, I mean, okay, I'm sure every generation has had its slang, but you're going to deal with a Victorian spirit, for example, or even older. Yes. How do you get around the slang? Right. Well, you know, Michelle, it kind of makes me think back to, like, you probably know John Sable. Oh, um, yes. Yes, I do. The whole ghost excavation thing. Yes, I know John well. Right? And that's so fascinating because, Mm -hmm. you know, and that harkens back to exactly what Wayne says. You know, if you... um, if you dress the part, if you speak the part, um, are they going to uh, be more willing to communicate, be more willing to mm. um, to show themselves in some way? Um, I think if a spirit is grounded and they don't realize that they've passed on, then you're one of them. For example, if you go in on a battlefield with a red coat or a blue coat or just a soldier with that mentality and you're saying, this is where I am, you know, I think they would relate better than if you show up like with crazy flashy red hair. Right. <laughs> saying, hey, hey, <laughs> you know, right. so, you know, <laughs> just say, I know my, you know, it's just a, it can, it can work for you and it can go against you. Right. It's Which true. brings me to this. Maybe language is energetically not vocal to the spirits. I agree. I think that's probably that's very true. Very yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I think there's, there's, gosh, guys, I always, I always have such an intelligent chat room. <laughs> I love this. I know. I love this. It's great. I know. It's just like a and a just, and, and just, you know, bouncing ideas around. I always say, I love to bounce the ideas around. I investigated the Hinsdale house and got EVPs answering back in French and in different locations. I got some responses in other English or in other languages. I've done that. Um, Niagara on the Lake, actually, um, a French spirit came through. So I started speaking in French and she would respond in French. Wow. And other spirits are going, what? <laughs> so, 
<laughs> it's very strange. I tried it also um, when I actually bit the bullet and tried to communicate with um, Father Sonier at Rennes Chateau because I had a photograph of him and he was following me oh. and I caught him on camera. And so I thought, okay, I'm just going to communicate. And uh, nope, was di I did not get any EVPs at all with him. Um, but, you know, in communicating, you know, mentally, you could, yes. you could get him remote viewing, things like that. We've been able to communicate with him. Um, you know, he, and of course, he's, you know, comes to the ghost box, things like that. It's like, you know, and basically said, I was, I was following you. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so spirits are fun so <laughs> <They can be. laughs> <laughs> my life <laughs> there's, there's no different when communicating with plants or animals we use pictures in our mind i love that one yes yeah for sure thank you Tamara. Um, you guys are fun we try. <laughs> it's always an adventure right. yes i I know when I investigated the Gettysburg battlefield in a Confederate uniform, the atmosphere was electric. I do not doubt that at all. <laughs> so wow. I've been to Gettysburg a couple of times and the energy is phenomenal to start with. So I can imagine you just getting yourself into the thralls of it in costume, no less. So that would be amazing. Yes. Yes. So what's on your to-do list? Well, where would you like to investigate? Well, interestingly enough, I've always wanted to go to Gettysburg. That's, ah, a, like, <laughs> that's a doable one, though. That's so doable. It is totally doable. Totally mm -hmm. doable. So that's a big thing that I'd like to do. Um, but really, um, at one point in my life, I wanted to, to go to Banff, to go to the Banff Springs Hotel, which I actually did do. Mm -hmm. um, oh, gosh, I'm going to say 2003. 2004, which was phenomenal. That was just incredible. Had some great experiences there. Right. Um, but I don't know, like, I want to go back to the old country. Like my relatives are from Slovakia. And there are some amazing Ooh. castles there that I'd love to go and explore. Um, and I just I don't know, I just get this um, old European thing in my head. I just want to do that. I want to go and see what it's all it. about, right? Yeah. I should. I should. One day. Well, because I think you could get yourself into the language. You could get yourself again a, a, an energy thing. This is this is your thing. Yes. It's the yeah. energy thing, right? Yeah. It's the energy thing. Yeah. Yeah. You might you probably do really well. I would love to do that. I would love to do that. Mm. Uh, Romania has always been interesting to me as well. I love Romania. Yeah. I loved it. I spent weeks there. It was just, it was just phenomenal. I don't think there's any place that I went in Romania that didn't stay with me. I always say no matter where I go, I leave a piece of myself and I take a piece with me, but it's just, and sometimes there are places where, you know, you say, well, I have to go to the castles. You know, the castles are like crickets. Like there's nothing going on right. yet. I'm sitting here one morning and we're at a um, the base of Braun Castle. They have a lot of what they call villas. And it's really, it's like 6.30 in the morning. I am just asleep. Melissa's, you know, she's sacked out. All of a sudden, right in my ear, I hear really loud. I, I wake up, guns are blazing. I'm going to kill you, whoever just did that. And automatically look at Melissa, who, by the way, it would have to be a freight train coming through to wake her up. She's just <laughs> out. And I'm just like, who who just called me wow 
like a whispering really loud to the point where I just, I'm up, I'm up. You know, you're looking at the gnome statue in the corner going, I hate right. gnomes. <laughs> I think yeah. it is. You know, but it's just, it's where you don't always expect it either. You That's know? so true. That's so true. Oh, yeah. Where your bachu forest delivered for us. It did. Yeah. It delivered for us uh, on more levels than I can, than I could say. So you want to for sure experience, Linda, go to Hoya Bachu Forest. I, I guarantee you'll have one. Oh, it yeah. started for us at three in the afternoon and it went until we left like 12 hours later. But didn't and followed back to the hotel. I was going to say something followed you. I remember that story and that freaked me out. Yeah. Not so much me, but the girls. <laughs> They had problems all the way back to Southern Ontario. I'm this big acknowledgement is empowerment. And I think I'm the only one they were recording. I'm the only one in the room going, God, I got internet friggin' finally. That's all I was doing. Oh, was my. catching up on email and communicating with people back home. And Melissa's like, do you hear this right now? Do you hear this? And there's walking around. And then her phone kept cutting out. And I'm going, mm-hmm, but I got internet. <laughs> So, oh my God. so things followed them back because they were just so, I mean, Adriana was upstairs, you know, with, with her friends and same thing. The phones kept ringing, um, walking around, but I mean, you know what, it's a whole thing that went on in that forest led to everything else. Wow. And I always being stellar, <laughs> behave myself. <laughs> I can't always say the same thing, you know, <laughs> but um, so yeah, it, it just, it was a gift that kept on giving for, for a while for them, but it did follow back and all night long, there were things that happened. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. It, it, it's, it's unbelievable. We came to find out it was under a no fly zone. We came to find out like, that it's believed what's well, the Bermuda Triangle. It is Romania's Bermuda Triangle. Right. There's a lot of stories about that there. Right. And um, we found all that out. And there's this loud droning noise, which a lot of people believe is a portal. Right. And you can hear I, it. There was a show that I watched. I can't even remember the name of it. Um, but I think Josh Gates was on that show. And, and then it was Destination Truth. That's it. And they were they there twice that. and they had horrific experiences. They both did. Times. They and did. the people who actually filmed for them um, was the University of Cluj and the Haunted really? Vicoya Bachu is in Cluj. So the wow. university did the filming. It's it's pretty dangerous um, for some people. Yet other people go camping up there. I'm like, I'm down for camping. What the heck? Let's do this. I had a nap in the forest when I got there, just like laying there, just taking it all in. It it delivered. It delivered instantly. That's amazing. Instantly. I would love that. I would people love are just that. like, oh, you want to be there in the night of the supermoon because you want all this energy. I'm like, no, I just have a four kilometer walk out of the stinking forest. I want to see my way out in the middle of the night. Oh They're just like, oh, yes, this energy thing. Oh, man, it's a safety thing. <laughs> it's just safety. my common sense kicking in there for a moment. <laughs> but, you know, I highly recommend to any of the listeners that really want a, like an amazing experience. Yes, Hoya Batu will deliver. I've never met anybody who hasn't gone who has not had some kind of, a, of an experience. Wow. 
And I'm assuming people go there just so that they can experience stuff. They do. You have to be careful because there's two circles Ah. in the, in the forest and you know, the GPS, if you're not careful, will take you around to the other one. The one you need to go to, you're literally going up like this, this, this mountain, basically this, this hill. It's at the very top of all of that. The other one is just down further. Um, And it's, it's, it's a very extraordinary place um, to say the least. It's, I wanted to do it. I walked in as soon as we walked into the forest part itself, even before the circle, you realize there are no birds. We, we heard, we saw no birds. We heard no birds. We saw insects. It was quiet, eerily quiet, except for that droning sound. It was just weird. It's just, it's hard to explain, but you really do get sucked into it for real. (laughs) This is like, yeah, but it's cool. It's really cool. Um, Tamara, French soldier. Oh, I had a French soldier run through me at the New York fort. He did not know he was dead, yelling at me in French. It was a strange experience, and he broke my camera. What did your camera say? What kind of camera was it? Because Wayne's got a story about that when he was there with a friend, and something kept touching the camera. We had this long lens on it, and it was a Canon camera. So Canon... (laughs) <laughs> I wonder. Yeah, they said it was really wild. It was a pretty interesting experience. It was a cannon. <laughs> Shocker. It was a, a cannon. Cannon. <laughs> cannon. <laughs> I know. See, there you go. That's, That's the crazy. same thing he said. Well, That's think crazy. about it. You know, I mean, makes sense. Makes sense. I don't know. It makes you wonder now. That's for sure. It's <laughs> <laughs> true enough. Oh. Have either of you ever had an experience that made you want to step away from investigating? Linda, take her away. Um, early on, uh, when I first started, when I was really young, um, I was almost hit by a crystal ashtray that was incredibly heavy that flew from um, the top of a, a like a, a mantle on a fireplace. And literally, I could hear wow. it go right past my ear and hit the wall behind me. And that was after I said, well, I don't know, it really, is it that, is it that busy in here? <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. So you were sort of targeted there. I was targeted. And honestly, I think at that point, um, I had been investigating for maybe six months. I was 18 years old. And that wow. was a long time ago. So wow. it was almost, I took it as a warning to me. Right. Like, no, don't question things. This isn't for you. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Right. I just, I took it as a warning that, you know, really take things at face value. And, yeah. and ever yeah. since then, I, I really have. And I've tried to be as, as careful as humanly possible. Well, it humbles um, you, basically. It does. It does. And it was my warning to not get too, yeah, too haughty, you know, to kind of go, well, I got this in the bag. Right. <laughs> I, no that can happen. It don't. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think it's not even so much being being cocky. You know, I think it's a matter of just if you're overconfident, you're going in for a good time. 
You know what I mean? Or like, I mean, let's face it, we're all excited. We go in, it's this, this energy, you know, and not everything wants to be poked and prodded. Not everything wants the intrusion. Um, So I could definitely see that. Uh, For me, it was just my daughter losing her sight after being at a really malevolent case. Right. And uh, that humbled me because, you know, I, I, I always say I'm, I'm very fearless or I'm just a meathead. It's one of the two, but you know, I am on an average pretty fearless and I try to be considerate, but I, I did go in pretty confident because if I'm going to go in and do something and you're going in on behalf of, of the individual um, you, that you're helping, you, you're taking the weight for a little while. So you have to go in with a degree of confidence. But, you know, at that point, it, it straightened me out because <laughs> I never worried about things coming after me, but I didn't think that uh, the camp would be infiltrated, so to speak. And that set precedence, I would not let it take me away from helping people or investigating, but it set precedence from that point on as to how I did things moving forward. And I've stuck with it like 20 years later. Um, So that's that. Um, Wes says, oh, you guys are going to the haunted forest. (laughs) I'd like to do that, Wes. There we go. Get your camping gear. I'm in. I'm in. Ah, there we go. I'm glad you enjoyed. Yeah. Glad you enjoyed. So after the ashtray thing, uh, Wes says that you did quit smoking. (laughs) There we go. I love it. That's funny. So Wayne says, pertaining back to the soldier with the camera, goes, the officer knocked the camera out of her hands. Um, because I want, I went or want to shoot this officer's quarters. He went to take photos of the officer's quarters. Okay. And that's what she said. I want to shoot this officer's quarters. And as she went to take the picture, the camera literally flew out of her hands. And if not for the strap, it would have hit the floor. It was a very powerful hit. Wow. So that's going back to um, the the fort, the same fort. Hello, Corbin. And Bart, uh, would you request angels and archangels to surround and protect you as a precaution? I say, why not? And the reason I say that is I've had so many people that I've worked with throughout the years who have been, you know, um, I guess, tied to a certain religious persuasion. So um, some of them have been Catholic, some of them have been um, pagan, some of them have been Jewish. And however they feel protected is what I always say to them to do. If you feel that you need the archangels um, to protect you, absolutely call on them. If you have a particular um, spirit guide that protects you in whatever you do, call on that particular spirit Mm. guide. However you feel protected and most, you know, beneficial Mm -hmm. um, in what you're doing, absolutely call in whatever um, you feel is necessary for protection. Absolutely. Perfect. I have to do a really quick uh, sponsor ID and station ID. So for this, you know, those of you just tuning in, shame on you, should have been here an hour and a half ago. 
kidding. <laughs> Better late than never. But you are listening to The Outer Realm here in the United Public Radio Network, UFO Paranormal Radio Network 105.3 and 107.7 FM from the beautiful city of New Orleans. We are fully sponsored by the amazing people at Folgers Coffee and Dr. Snick, Justin Snicker, the sonic surgeon, and of course, Steve McGinnis. So big round of thank you and appreciation for our sponsors and if you just tuning in we are with linda Curino, who is one of my compadres from paranormal survivor so of course you gotta love it right so <laughs> so anyway back it was nice and quick See, Amelia usually does this nice, long, drawn-out thing. I was like, no, because I realize I'm already waiting <laughs> doing it. <laughs> so, I don't miss you, Bubbles. <laughs> so, no. but uh, no, actually, actually, that was that was a great one. A lot of people, wherever you find your 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 need, you know, whatever makes you feel safe, do it, do it. Yes, yes. I am not an Aries. I am a stubborn Taurus. <laughs> oh my gosh, me too. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> I know. I miss bubbles too, Tamara. <laughs> I know. Too. So, that's pretty bad. I give her nickname and now everybody, the whole world calls her bubbles. <laughs> I like it. I think it's great. It's it just suits her so well. Yeah. It it does. Does. She's a bubbly little thing for sure. Oh, well, see everybody chime in. Hugs. Group hug. <laughs> Send it to bubbles. <laughs> um, well, so, okay. So, we're basically you have a date to go to Gettysburg. Um, what do you have coming up? Do you have any fun stuff coming up with your research? Do you have any oh. filming coming up? Do you just have any special events coming up? Well, we have a meeting, a public meeting coming up, um, mm -hmm. January 26th, which I love. I love those public meetings. And right now, um, as the team comes back from all of their holiday shenanigans, <laughs> I, love it. Um, I want to get them together so that we can plan our year. And what we'd love to do is do more public investigations. Um, nice. And I don't normally call them investigations. I call them walkabouts because... There are purportedly haunted locations um, close to home that mm. I really want people to experience. And when I right. say experience, I want them to experience the atmosphere there. Mm -hmm. So we lose people, you know, Michelle, sometimes because we uh. have these public walkabouts and they come and they think it's going to be, you know, like we're going to run around and, and chase ghosts and things with all kinds of equipment. But that's not really what we do. You know, mm. we the history of the location. We want Important. people to immerse themselves mm -hmm. in the atmosphere of the location. Um, so yeah, hopefully we're going to have a lot more of them coming up this year. Mm. Um, yeah. So, so far our, our meeting is coming up. Right. We have a guest speaker. Hopefully I can get him to confirm this week talking about past life regression. Ooh. Ooh. Those some, are fun. Right. Yeah. yeah. Those are fun. I love it. I love it. That's fine. I don't know. I, 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 I always have, I've done, I've done them. Um, and I have found out, I think when you, when you do your first little bit and then you, you find that you, it just all starts pouring in. And I was always kind of on the fence with it because it makes, it's a cruel joke that we can't remember our past lives, but yet we're, you're, you're going to come here and you're going to, you know, do it right this time. Well, how do I know? 
<laughs> Maybe I'll do it worse because for some reason you just won't let me remember. Like it's a cruel joke. But can you imagine? And maybe this is something, you know, for, for your guests, but can you imagine all the loves that you've had and lost family, loved ones, spouses? I tend to wonder if that's part of it all. Like, could we survive that loss, like without grieving the whole, your whole way through, right? Because we don't always come back with one another. No, that's true. Yeah, I, I think about that too. And I, I think about the people that talk about, past life regression, um, and that always say, you know, we tend to forget, because if we were to remember the overwhelming sensations that we would face might be so overwhelming. And then I think, well, but if we're doing past life regression, Mm -hmm. are we ready? Right? And agree. Right. And and are we really remembering or are we glossing over certain okay, aspects? That's, that's a good way of looking at it. Right. So maybe we are. I don't know. I, I've had it done twice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I can say it was kind of successful. I mean, I, I seemed to remember certain things, but there was one past life regression where it was, I, and I remember that I was in childbirth, I was looking at my body and I was having a child, but I was dying as I was. Oh, wow. That's profound. It was really profound. And I can remember feeling this horrendous grief um, and yet being above it. So kind of like an, an, an OBE, right? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Still interesting, but not really like looking at it from a very detached point of view. Mm-hmm. And I guess you have to kind of do that. Otherwise, imagine, can you mm-hmm. imagine actually remembered? The grief would be so overwhelming. It is. I, I've had one of those experiences where I've had um, like a husband from another life right. um, come through. And I feel bad for the ones who, whom I don't know. Like you get familiar with some of them through that contact and then others you don't know they just wander in they know you but you're kind of like I'm sorry I don't know you and it's really hard but I did have it where a husband came through and came in a a visitation one night and we were both it's funny because I'm looking at at him like at his burial and he's standing beside me and he's all light and he's just like all I see is this like figure of light with his arm on my shoulder and I'm I'm looking he's here and I'm looking at him and I'm grieving and it it was really hard to shake that one I have to say I could see why because it took me like months to lose that image and even now I don't think it'll ever be gone but if, if you were doing that time after time I can't even imagine yeah you know either I can't yes honestly how do you not you know, how do you get beyond that? Like how as do a you? child, especially like you were, you know, like you already looking at yourself giving birth to your child and you already know you're not going to be there. Exactly. Which is, that would, to me, I'd be, I'd be bawling, I'd still be bawling. <laughs> so, so you know, I would, it would be hard. Uh, Trish says, do you think, uh, just so everybody knows, Trish has a show on Monday nights 
okay, which is like 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern, called The Missing Piece. So check her out. Uh, do you guys think or do you think that these locations have more interaction for some are actually themselves in a past life and time and they are called back to, yeah, called back to learn something or remember. Ooh, that's a deep one. <laughs> Thanks for that one, Trish. <laughs> Yeah, do you get it? So do you think these locations that have more, the locations that have more interaction for some people are actually themselves in a past life and time or they're called back to learn something to remember? I guess it have something to do with like a deja vu thing too, in a way. That's kind of an, an interesting concept. Mm -hmm. That is an interesting concept. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I have been in certain locations where um, for example, this is a good example, maybe, um, as a child, um, we used to go to Vermont a lot mm -hmm. and there are certain locations that I can remember going to as a child in Vermont and mm -hmm. feeling this deep connection there, almost mm -hmm. as if, um, I was called back there for a reason. Oh. I know. And there now at my age, I'd like to go back and see, um, how the same yeah exactly one of those places was actually wilson castle but that's another story <laughs> right? wilson castle get out of linda's head <laughs> yeah, get out of my head Wes. I know, you're sharing a brain right now stop it it's true <laughs> though it's true though. <laughs> oh my gosh that's so funny it's true um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's a great, it's a great idea. Um, a, a different perception for sure. Mm -hmm. It's like some people will tell you that ghosts, and I always razz my producer about this because he always says it, but that ghosts may be dimensional bleeders. Right. Right. Oh my gosh. Now there's right. a concept. I know. Because I always razz him, you know, he'll say something like, oh, what, like dimensional bleed through? But then I laugh because I'm like, damn it. I think it might be, you know, mm, it's a, it's a really, yeah, it's a strong, it's a really strong theory. I, I do definitely think it could be that or um, people, you know, like it's all simultaneous lives. You know, you hear the theory that when you have a demon, for example, demon yes. mimicking um, your loved one, there's always something about it that's a little bit different. Maybe the clothes are too big. Maybe right. there's a different facial expression or their hair is a bit different. It's the same thing with dimensional beings and dimensional bleed throughs. And what was interesting is my mother one night when my father went into assisted living, she said he was at the, he came at night. She goes, I could touch him. He was physical. I'm going, what? what? He, he was alive and she goes yeah but his clothes were too big for him <laughs> just like back away <laughs> she goes well, I, I didn't interact you know but but yeah right and he was he was definitely alive and well um this has happened to her on a couple of occasions where she could feel him and um the whole dimensional bleed through i mean if we do the theory that we can exist in so many different dimensions or timelines is correct i mean it, doppelgangers is that a thing like are we just crisscrossing a little bit whoa well that's that's an interesting concept actually when you think about that mm -hmm. huh. have you ever experienced that doppelganger phenomenon 
I have had, I haven't personally, but I've had people say to me, you know, you have a doppelganger yeah. around and I'm just like, you cannot match his hair. <laughs> like seriously like you know i have this hair because it's just i've had it for so long this color i've thought about changing it and people are like what no don't do that no. i'm like so okay whatever so it's not like it's an easy thing to miss if a doppelganger is your exact allegedly your exact replica right so it's like <laughs> why? <laughs> so i don't know but i've had people say that so i don't know wow I think it's interesting that whole idea that there's just something off about mm. that person because right. I think we've all had that happen in our lives. I mean, I have for sure, mm -hmm. for sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's different. Did you experience it personally? Yeah, I, I actually did experience it personally as a child. Um, I, my best friend, um, I really thought that, um, she was there. We were supposed to meet her, uh, a friend and I, at the mall. And we were yelling, saying, you know, I, I won't say your name because she's probably, you know, thinking you're crazy. But um, honestly, I'll call her Maud. But we were both yelling, Maud, Maud. And this person turned and looked at both of us. And it was her. And yet it wasn't her. And yet it wasn't her. And then disappeared in the crowd. That it oh, looked see, almost crazy. exactly like her, except for the fact that her eyebrows were slightly different. I'll never forget that. So that see, was, it's that, that little that little difference right it was there. That small little je ne sais quoi. Yeah. 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 See, which is that that dimensional bleed through thing. That's interesting. Yeah. Tamara says, I wonder if dimensional bleed through is when you get information you shouldn't know, but you just know the answer. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I, I think it's anything is a possibility at this Not point, anything. seriously. But there's always some kind of physical flaw. Yes. 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 There's always a physical flaw. And that's that's what my mother was saying. And I just I find it interesting because this is the, the whole demonic thing where people are like oh, there's always something very different when they mimic there's always one thing off same thing with the doppelganger always one thing off yeah. dimensional bleed throughs one thing off because if you're living simultaneous lives dimensionally speaking of course it's going to be different That's their true. lives are just different it doesn't mean they're mirror images of one another it just means your image you, you know or is it that the soul splits or is it that the body is 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 the same. And you know what I'm saying? Now you're getting into this like technical. Yeah, it's true. It's very technical. I mean, for example, I suppose um, this is a good example. Maybe I, uh, after my father passed, um, my father came to me in a dream and this is a vivid dream um, that I, I actually wrote down and I revisited it like last year when I was rereading some of my diaries, some of my journals, mm -hmm. um, it was so vivid uh, because he came to me in a dream. It was about a month after he passed and he was telling me things and asking me uh, to follow him down this path. And it was my dad, but it wasn't my dad. And I kept saying, but dad, you're different. You're different. There's something about you that's different. And he 
would say to me, oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm not different. No, no, no. Just come with me because there's a few things that I really want to show you. Okay. He sounded like my father. He looked like my father. But the funniest, weirdest thing, you're going to laugh, was that he didn't smell like my father. And in the dream, oh. yeah, he did not smell like my dad. My dad wore brute, perf like brute whatever yeah. after yeah. shape right? Yeah. Right? that smell i associated with my dad in my dream he looked wow. like my dad but he didn't smell like my dad and there was something off about him and i was terrified in this dream mm -hmm. and i kept saying wake up wake up wake up wake up because it's not dad and i wrote it down because it was that vivid and i often wonder you know what the heck did that mean and who was it what well, was it? Yeah, because visitations and dreams are both very different. And in a visitation, you know, like you, you just know that it is your loved one. You're getting a message. You're getting a visit. Yeah. In whereas the dreams are just that they they go all over the place. Right. And I think you would have experiences like that. That's really fascinating. Yeah. I've often wondered. Yeah. What the heck did that mean? And what was I going through in my life at that time? Right. Um, make me yeah make my subconscious do that or did something permeate my mm -hmm. subconscious there right. you go right i think that's gonna start writing down dreams yes i think that's really important I'll, I'll tell you i have a friend who did just that and he was told um write everything down even if it makes sense or if it doesn't make sense. So he started writing just all this random stuff. He would even do drawings and things like that. I mean, six, seven, eight years, 10 years later, they were like premonitions. He goes, yeah, all this has happened. And he just started reading off some of the things that he wrote down. Like, let's say in 95, for example, he goes, yeah, this has happened in the last like five years. I'm just like, <laughs> what? he goes, yeah. Like, and this was, you know, the, the person who told him to do it was just really wise. This, it was one, probably one of like the best authors out of the specific genre of this man's research that was out there. And they just met and he just knew to tell him because you need to write all of this stuff down. It may not make any sense to you. Like out of nowhere. And he's like, okay. And he just did it. And it was, it was out of the norm for him because he has a photographic memory. He doesn't need any but he just started doing it. So I absolutely believe, yeah, Gord, for sure. You write them down. I write down very obscure things. And then I find after a while I can connect them. Like, but do you find you can't remember dreams? What do you do at that point? Do you ever find, you know, you dreamt like crazy, but you can't remember a darn thing of it? Yeah. And that's why they say you should always just pick up that pen as soon as, right? And write it all down. Um <laughs> But it's like, right? I know. I'm like, I'm sorry, but my alarm just went off and I have to take a shower because I have to do this, that, and the other. No, I'm not right now. I know. It's like, gosh, not even just that. Maybe you're just having like a bathroom break. You can't, you can't even think straight because it's right. 5 a.m. And then you don't get the dream after that. It just stops. Uh, must have been Be by Dad, Linda. He wore Brute too. Oh, my dad. Oh, your dad too. Really? Oh, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Uh, I've had numerous people tell me that they met my twin. They even sounded like me when we spoke. And then he goes, <laughs> I won't even go there. It's like, whatever. Poor bastard, he says. Uh, Kenny, that's when you are experiencing an interpretation of two people in your life 
then they mix together. What's the reason? I don't know. Hmm. Makes sense. Uh, Tamara says, only started dreaming again since the pandemic. Isn't that bizarre? I wonder if that she said we're all more relaxed. Maybe. You know? Maybe. We're open, right? We're open. Yeah. It would be interesting. Hmm. Interesting how, Kenny? <laughs> Is it a good interesting? Elaborate. <laughs> or do we just have to poke it with a stick and see if it's safe to go in? What is it? That'd be good. That would really be good. I'm a bit nervous. <laughs> Time travel is suddenly exposed and has to report the mission. <laughs> That's just Wayne hamming it up. You just um, Trish, the average adult forgets a dream five minutes after they wake. I use a note recorder. Some don't even sound like me. Oh, that's bizarre. Wow. wow. Note to self. Try that. <laughs> Thanks for that tidbit. What? This one? Oh, we're going to the next one. Okay. All right. Gord, I would have to write it down right away. I almost never remember the details after about 20 minutes. Note back yeah. to this comment. Use a note recorder. That's bizarre. But you know what, Michelle, yeah. I don't know if you've experienced this, but I do this quite often where I don't remember a dream. And then, you know, later on in the day, I'll be doing something and all of a sudden, boom, it's like all of a sudden I remember this dream or right. snippets of this dream so vividly. And right. it's like, where's a piece of paper I need to write this? Down? Yeah. Did you get one little snippet of it? But sometimes that's all you need. Yes. Right. Yes. So that's, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, Lori, where's the best place to start learning how to do remote viewing? Ooh, that one, there's a lot of courses online for remote viewing, unless you're a natural, um, a natural remote viewer. Amelia, for example, is a natural RV. She doesn't go through all the processes. I know a lot of remote viewers. Um, I've had so many just offer, you know, I think we all do it. Well, those who do it, do it a bit differently. For me, I see things like everything might as well just be a matrix or a grid. I don't see things like I'm looking at you clearly. Amelia does. Being natural at it, she just wow. does. I have an ability where I can tap into people and then I could see through that person. And that's what I can do with her. So she makes it fun because she like misbehaves when we're working. I'm like, get back over here. <laughs> Don't you go up there in <laughs> bad territory. She goes, sorry, mom. As <laughs> she goes, you know, it can be entertaining to have to like listen to us working. It's pretty amusing. Mm -hmm. um, but there are people who do tests. Um, I'm just trying to think here. There's one who does remote viewing classes. Um, I'm going to see if I can get you guys a name right now. Just bear with me. I will give you a name. One minute. One minute. Good you question, know. Lori. Really good. Uh, Michelle Freed. So Michelle Freed is a friend of mine. She's also an agent. Um, but she does, she actually trained with the CIA and she does remote viewing classes. So you can go check her out online. And uh, again, there are many people who do it. Um, she's, you know, she's, again, because she's a friend. So I'm going to be always plugging my friends and my compadre. So I would definitely <laughs> say, check her out. Um, okay, where are we going? I'm trying to catch up. Hold on. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Government agencies hijacking your dreams in order to try to figure out your abilities. Just a thought. I've actually heard that. <laughs> in fact, here's, here's something interesting. I just listened to this. People send me really interesting things. And someone sent me a video of an interview today of a woman who I guess went into 
okay, we're going to get out there again with the space program in the U.S. Right. And she saw different things. And I won't say what she say, but she saw a giant. <laughs> but what she actually did talk about seeing this giant. And, and they were torturing him. But they had this device. It was like a reverse engineered Tesla device where they were pulling um, pulling the essence from him. And she claimed that governments of the world can definitely do this with people. Wow. So she said, just, you know, look at your home as your little matrix prison. Mm -hmm. And, and they do, you know, they do, especially if you're someone of interest, they would know pretty much what your pattern are when you're asleep. And the cell phone apparently is a good way. What they do is don't take your essence. They take energy from you. And this is a way that they can do it. Yeah. So like for this being that she saw, it was more of an essence thing because they just kept draining the energy and the life from this person, this individual. But for us regular folk, um, that they can take energy from you. And that's what all these devices do and all of these crazy cell towers and things like that. So that just came to me basically. Like I just, I just got a whiff of this this morning when someone sent me this link and I was just like, and the that. person doing the interview, I mean, this is his, you know, this is his field of research. So I thought, you know, Ooh, I, don't like that. I know, Tamara put tinfoil on the phone. <laughs> or just maybe don't keep it next to the bed. <laughs> I don't know. Always promotes me. If you need a good prison guard, okay, absolutely. Your name's right up here in lights, my friend. <laughs> so <laughs> there we go. But, um, yeah, so I don't know. There's, it's, you know, it's, it's, I think we are in crazy times and people are definitely coming out with some interesting things. And I don't know if it's because, it, you know, they're getting really wild imaginations and your logical self goes, no. But then your open-minded self goes, hmm, <laughs> you know. Or right. is it that um, they're just more perceptive now, like we've talked about. They're just more aware Maybe they're just watching more television, listening to more radio shows, or just reading more, um, reading more on an average. Yeah. Right? So I don't know. But all I knew know is this time has just flown by, and it was just such a pleasure to have you on. So tell everybody how to find you. Well, you can always find me on Facebook. Uh, Georgina Paranormal Society. You can send me a message. Um, Georgina Paranormal um, at gmail.com. Um, and you know what? You can find us pretty much through Facebook. You can find the website information. Um, it's always a pleasure to, to speak with people. And thank you so much, Michelle. I feel so honored to have been oh, the first guest it. of 2023. <laughs> I am I am really honored that you would you would come on. Um it was just it's always so much fun. And um I wish I mean unfortunately I don't know if you'd be able to come and see the house before it's gone, but <laughs> you know, it loved you. <laughs> you know what? I loved it too. It was a wonderful house, and that's okay. We will get together at some point for sure. We will. Sure. I'll be closer because I'll be going back to Burlington. But I'll send you something from the house. Um, I'll, I'll send it. I'll send you something from the structure. Um, you know, we've done some, you know, some restoration. So there's some really cool things. So I will send you something. So you'll always have a little part of it with you. Oh, well, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome, darling. So I will be in touch. You will hear from me in a little while. Perfect. Okay. So thank you. 
Thank you. Happy New Year. <laughs> All right, darling. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Well, everybody, we have come to the end of another fantastic segment. And wow, the chat room was just on fire. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, also, big thank you to Folgers Coffee for being Folgers Coffee and having your faith in us. Big thank you to Dr. Snick, Justin Snicker, the sonic surgeon. And big thank you to Steve McGinnis. We appreciate you all so much. So wherever you are watching the show tonight, either like us, please subscribe, join, follow, whatever the case may be. We appreciate you all so much and you do make the show that much better. Um, tomorrow night, yes, tomorrow night, we have our 300th episode of the outer realm and put your questions together for whatever it may be paranormal ufos because joe montaldo is going to be joining me mr ufo and he's going to go ahead and answer those questions i figure if he's going to hijack the show he may as well do it with something he knows what he's talking about <laughs> so that's what i say <laughs> so let's just connect up it'll be a lot of fun and um yeah so all of you behave and we'll see you tomorrow night. And again, thank you to everybody. And thank you guys in chat. You've been awesome. Good night. <laughs>